It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jonah Williams does not like the idea of moving to right tackle so much that he has requested a trade in the wake of the Orlando Brown signing. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals. Make sure you subscribe and follow anywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And James, Jonah Williams has requested, was the verbiage used by Ian Rappaport, not demanded, but requested a trade, requested permission to explore a trade via his agent. And Rapsheet also went on the... Uh, the punter show, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, the punter show. I'm having a day. The, the Drew Chrisman, the, the very popular Drew Chrisman show. Go ahead. And there he talked about, you know, he wouldn't be surprised if a trade happened today. I would be a little bit surprised if a trade happened today. We know the <laughs> Bengals' history of trading players when <laughs> trades are requested, and that is that they uh, they don't. They don't really do that. But – they also don't really sign players to $31 million signing bonuses at pretty high market values to play left tackle. So sure. they do some things that they didn't used to do. We'll see yeah. if that means they're going to trade Jonah Williams. He is under contract. If he doesn't show up to training camp, he will get fined. If he doesn't show up for games, he loses game checks. And if he tries to sit out the season, I don't even know if that works from a CBA contract perspective, like mm-hmm. his contract might just not count. So not a ton of leverage for Jonah Williams, who does not want to play right tackle. Not very happy. Apparently the trade request came in Thursday night to the Bengals. And, you know, we talked about it as a potential possibility here. If they wanted to bring in another player and, and free up that cap space for somebody else, part of that would pay for Orlando Brown, of course, this year, but It'll be interesting to see how the Bengals handle this. It starts with, and let's start in reverse order. There is a 0.00 never ever will Jonah Williams, percent chance by the way, never ever will Jonah Williams sit out 2023. I don't care if they make him right water boy or left punter, which doesn't exist for those wondering. Uh, oh, second man. holder, backup long snapper, wide receiver seven. It doesn't matter because he has 12.6 million reasons why he should take his hind parts to quote Denzel Washington from remember the Titans into Bengals into that Bengals facility. And, can I, and 
Can I before. interject for a second? The the made up positions. There's this. Yeah. You remember Kenny Irons? Yes. Kenny Irons did an interview when he was at Auburn, and this is not related to Jonah Williams, but it is related to made up positions, and so I have to tell the tell the story. And in the interview, he was asked about his his talents outside of football, and he's like. I like to pretend that I'm somebody that I'm not. I like to tell people that I play water polo. I tell them I play right water. I don't know if that's a position, but I tell them that I play right water. <laughs> anyway, that's what left water boy made me think uh, of. Uh, no, that's fine because Jonah Williams, if, if Frank Pollock says you are right water, right tackle, <laughs> right elbow, right towel, boy, it doesn't matter, man. You're playing. Great that said, I understand. So I just wanted to address that. That dude is going to show up. He's going to play 100,000 infinity percent. There is no holdout happening when it comes to Jonah Williams. That said, I understand his trade request. And I do because he spent four years at left tackle. He played last year. And this is how you have to look at it from his perspective. Played last year on a dislocated kneecap and obviously didn't put his best film out there. He knows that better than anybody right everyone's gonna bring up led the league in sacks and he is the worst by this metric or this or that all right i get it you have a pff subscription i understand or you saw someone else say that stat and now you have to repeat it everywhere you just parrot parrot it all over the internet that's fine jonah sucked in 2022 if that's what you want me to say but he knows that and he's going into a contract year and i think he is like, oh, do I really want to learn a new position going into a contract year, coming off of an injury? He just had that knee surgery to kind of stabilize the, the kneecap, so hopefully it doesn't shift in the future. I get it. I understand it. I also think that the, the likelihood of the Bengals trading him, it's pretty simple. Do you think someone's going to come in and offer a one? No. Two? No. I don't know if the Bengals, and maybe they would take a three today, and I'm talking strictly today. But I don't think a four gets it done. A five, six, or seven certainly isn't going to get it done. A conditional pick in 2024 isn't going to get it done if it's in the four range or five range or six range. And so the Bengals still value Jonah Williams. Frank Pollock said that he's reached out to Jonah, that, that the Bengals have. I know Zach has. And he might be upset right now. But there's value. Mike McGlinchey just got paid eighty-seven and a half. He's on an eighty-seven and a million, eighty-seven and a half million dollar contract, playing to play what, Jake? Oh, right tackle. There would be value in him coming back healthy in twenty twenty-three, playing right tackle, showing he could have a even a year like he had in twenty twenty-one at right tackle. He would get paid next offseason. So he's upset right now, but I don't think the Bengals are just going to give him away just to free up the cap space. And I think that's the best part of this, if the Bengals are able to trade him, is you cl clear you know, $12.6 million in cap room, which you can use for possible extensions. You could use it for insert what safety or tight end or running back or whatever play or cornerback that you want the Bengals to attack in free agency. I just don't really see it happening. I, I would say this, the one benefit that he has and, and potential to be traded would be the fact that left tackle, there aren't many right now. Like we talked about it. It wasn't like we were talking about left tackles, free agent left tackles that were available. It was Orlando Brown Jr. and not much. So maybe a desperate team does come calling and gives the Bengals what they're asking for. But 
they've looked stars in their face before and said, we are not trading you. Got stars, not Jonah Williams. He is not a star. Carson Palmer, Chad Johnson. Ultimately, they traded Carson, but it took a lot to get that deal done. They turned down two, for, two ones for Chad in 07. We'll see what happens with, uh, with Jonah Williams. But if they don't get their asking price, I think they'll say, all right, we'll see you at right tackle late July, baby. You better start working on that footwork. Yeah. I would try to trade him. If it's me, I would try to trade him. You're right that the left tackle market is, is a bit thin. Taylor Lewan, Donovan Smith, George Fant, who's more of a swing tackle. Chris Hubbard, Greg Little, like oh, oh. yeah, not. I mean, Jonah's two on that list, and and maybe one if you're looking for a long term. I would say so he's like, one on that list for most so, NFL teams. So Donovan Smith would be the only one that's interesting because you don't have to give up a future asset. But mm-hmm. if you think Jonah Williams can be your your left tackle for the next four years, and you want to take a dry run this year, I get it because he's only 25. It's not a great position for Jonah to be in. I understand why he's upset to echo what you're saying. Right tackles do get paid less than left tackles. They still get paid if they're good, but they get paid less. There's there's no way around that. Having to change positions, hasn't played right tackles since you know early in his Alabama career, probably not something that he's looking forward to, probably could do it. But you know, learning a new side in a contract year at a position that gets paid less with the year he just had, there's a lot of reasons that you would want to get traded, but also like if you get traded, what contract extension are you going to get as part of that trade right now coming off the year you had? That That's yep. the other complicating factor for him as he's looking for an extension. And then you're well, right. Well, about you probably the- don't get extended. You probably just get a chance to to show the league that you're a, a franchise left tackle. I don't and think it's that, extended. If that's the case, the Bengals are going to get zilch in compensation. Nobody's well, trading for a one-year rental at left tackle. There you, there you go. And, and, and I think he, and I, I don't think, think they would do would, it. I think if a team did want to trade for Jonah, it would involve them having belief in giving him an extension. All right. So let, let's do this then. Let, let's actually, you know what? Let's put ourselves in the, the other team, right? The, the other 31 teams that could be looking for a tackle mm-hmm. and, and continue the conversation. Cause I, I think it's interesting. And there's, there's a lot of discussion about compensation for Jonah Williams. So we'll do that. Coming up next, today's show, though, is brought to you by Built Bar. And the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite Built Bar or Built Puff, and now's the time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'm going to vote for that mint chocolate. I just – that mint chocolate brownie is is my go-to, and you need to vote for yours right now. And when you vote at Built marchmadness.com you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built bars and not only that one lucky locked on fan will get a 12-month subscription to have built built's best bars delivered absolutely free on a monthly basis that's that's the one i'm targeting jake i don't think i'm eligible to win but you never know i of course i listen to us i'm a locked on listener so why wouldn't i be eligible make sure you get the number one protein bar on the planet and enter today by going to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite built bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there at builtmarchmadness.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's pretend you're the New York Jets mm-hmm. or Chicago Bears. You're doing all right for cap space. Or Pittsburgh the, Steelers. The Bears in particular, I, I, I would have a hard time seeing them do. Ooh. An in-division Now it's real deal. interesting. Now it's real interesting, baby. I mean, the Bengals Ooh. probably just wouldn't do it. I don't know what that is. Inter- I, I mean, I know I know what you're doing. But, like, to douse that entirely, I, I can't imagine the Bengals would trade him to the oh. Steelers. For Pat Fryermuth, let's roll. The Bears, I think, like. You would do that, right? Would you do that, Jonah, for Pat? I would right now. I wouldn't even think about it. I don't care that he's in Pittsburgh. I, I wouldn't so. even blink. I don't need to look up anything. Instant. Inline tight end that can make plays, done. It's over. It, it makes sense, you know? The Steelers would do sense. it. Anyways, go ahead. You're trading a premium position for a non-premium position is the only, you don't the only thing there. But, you know, say it's the Bears. I would take one of their extra acquired picks in the third round or something for Jonah. Sure. If, if they're willing to do that, sure. And, and that could be a team – where they're like, you know what? One, they gave up the 33rd overall pick for Chase Claypool. So I get they they fleeced the, the Panthers, even though I don't know if they fleeced them, but they, they, they made a good deal there. Maybe they're willing to give away a three to, to try to stabilize that offensive line a little bit this year for Justin Fields. Yeah, I'd be open to that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a big one that jumps out. There's, there's a couple other spots, like you mentioned. Uh, they're, they're player for player trades. Mm. that you brought up with Firemuth that could make sense. And and those are hard to project. Like nobody was projecting BJ Hill for Billy Price, for example. Yeah. But there would be opportunities like that. And I imagine, I don't imagine, I know that Jonah Williams has more trade value than Billy Price. Well, yes, I would agree with that. Yes, Billy Price was on his way out of the league. Both former first round picks. And Jonah's been at least average. For most of his career, mm-hmm. yeah, if not a little bit above average, uh, a couple of years there. And so my my question, if you're these teams, like if you're the Bears, let's just use the Bears as the example. Are you willing to give up that a three for a guy who missed his entire entire rookie year due to injury? So year one, year two was all right, but got injured at the end of the year. Year three, his best year by far. Year four, clearly battled injury, but the tape is going to be pretty bad. And now you're... A couple of weeks, yeah. 12.6 million, and you're potentially extending him. I mean, you'd have to really love him pre-draft, I would say, and think, still young, we're going to be able to get him at a a reasonable number now and think that it's going to pay off long-term. I mean, maybe they do it. You know, maybe a team does. I think a three would get it done. I think anything less than a three and the Bengals would just say, nope. I would, that's me speculating. I would absolutely take the three. If it was I'm me. I'm just saying today. Now, they may change their tune two months from now, but I think as of today, that, that would be their, 
their logic. Well, Again, like, they value their guys, and they yeah, value Jonah at right not, tackle. I agree that they're not going to give him away because they think that he's contractually obligated to come play for them and that he's playing for a contract. Like, there's reason that he's incentivized to play well this year, too, uh, which makes sense. And you could get to a point in the draft where they do draft Dewan Jones, Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison, name a guy that you like to tackle at pick 28. And then, you know, late day two, you, you figure something out for Jonah. That could happen. I do think that they need more people competing for the right tackle spot than Cody Ford, who will apparently be competing to start at right tackle, according to Jeff Hobson. And competing like, who, who else is in that mix right now? It, Jackson Carmen? Well, there is a 0.0% chance that Cody Ford starts if Jonah Williams is he, – Jonah Williams would be the right tackle. The only way he's not the right tackle if he's on the roster is if they draft a tackle at 28 and he just blows them away. Right. So, like, that, that's what I mean is if you trade Jonah, they need to gotcha. have somebody else at right tackle, which is why sure. it's either after they draft one or, like, they sign a Billy Turner or, or a, a, uh, Cam Fleming, one of those mm-hmm. kind of guys, you know? And, and, and maybe they do. Maybe they, they sign Cam Fleming the moment that they – maybe they have the offer for Jonah and they're literally working on the tackle spot now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, you could see a bunch of, a bunch of different ways. It can't just be Cody Ford, though, to no. your point, and, and Akeem Adenogy and, and Jackson Carmen. I mean, you're going to have to do something there because the right tackle spot is such a, a void – Without Jonah, like it's just, it's still just as glaring. You just swapped out Orlando Brown for Jonah now. Like as as exciting as it was Wednesday, and we should get into Orlando Brown because it's it's official Bengals fans. But it was cool because it was like, oh, well, Jonah, you move him to right tackle and there's no weak link. Well, now there is a weak link if it's, you know, if Jonah's gone and you're talking about Cody Ford or Akeem Adenogy. Yeah, you could have five average plus guys, assuming Cordell Volson takes that second year step if it was Jonah Williams or right tackle. And if that's in question, Something for the Bengals to sort through. They have to figure out what uh, what they're going to do with that spot. Frank Pollock talked about it. He said, it's, you know, it's only March, what is it, 17th? It's but March the options, 17th. The options are dwindling as far mm-hmm. as free agents go. Uh, speaking yeah. of Cordell Volson, really quick, before we talk about Orlando Brown and the other Bengals action or lack thereof on Friday, Cordell Volson was the second highest performance-based pay recipient in 2022. So shout out Cordell Volson hit a $150,000 in additional pay uh, in, in 2022, which considering his salary and the money that he earned is, is very substantial. I'm trying to find his contract here as we speak. So his rookie year, Cordell Volson earned $1.3 million, which included – uh, a signing bonus, and he, he almost well he added he had a lot of money to that like fifty percent more than fifty percent sixty percent more money for Cordell Cordell Volson which is largely I think due to uh, due to playing time so good for him yeah good for him and uh, I do think that the Bengals are confident he can take another step and they they believe in Cordell Volson and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to do that but um. Enough is is enough. Let's get to to left tackle. Who, by the way, Cordell Volson might benefit from having Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle. 
It's official, Jake. He, he is a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. He signed his contract, flew in on Friday morning, was, was able to, to meet with some – met with Joe Burrow on Thursday uh, for cheeseburgers, by the way, in New York, which is, is pretty cool. And uh, they were talking about how they wanted to win multiple championships together. Not one. It was plural. But uh, flew in, passed his physical, signed his contract. And uh, I, my, my major takeaway was the championship talk that he had and that he had with Zach Taylor when Zach Taylor introduced him, said championships, plural. That's what uh, Orlando Brown Jr. said. That's what uh, Joe Burrow said with him. And so these guys are hyped to have Orlando Brown Jr. in town, and they believe that it's going to get their offensive line, take it to another level. Yeah, how did Taylor introduce Orlando Brown? This is my friend Orlando. He's yes. going to help us win championships, something like that. Yeah, let me uh, – I, I, in fact, I'll find it right now. I have the transcription. He said, exciting day for us. I've got Orlando here, you know, a guy that we've had to compete against. I've always been impressed with the type of player that he is and uh, just their mutual friends. But he goes on to say, excited to get him in here and have him play left tackle for us and win those championships that we've been pursuing these last couple of years. And, um, yeah, he, he was excited and – I, I think that uh, we should continue the Orlando Brown conversation coming up next. But today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NCAA tournament heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. So maybe... Well, you can't wager against Virginia anymore. Man, they stink in the tournament, don't they? But Xavier escaped on Friday, so maybe you want to go with a little local flavor, a little Cincinnati-based flavor. You can do that. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Orlando Brown talking to the media. Met with, as you said, James, Joe Burrow in New York City, where they both were for TV appearances. Uh, before he made his way to Cincinnati, met Zach Taylor on the tarmac. And pretty excited. Yeah. It reminds me uh, a lot of Lyle Collins last year oh. from a, an excitement perspective, from a, a, a perceived upgrade perspective. Not that the outcome is going to be the same, but it was a similar feeling. There's a lot of excitement about this move. And, and I understand that things didn't go the way that Bengals fans wanted for LC in his first year in Cincinnati, but uh, a sim like at the time going into the season, you thought you were going to have a couple of top 10, top 15 tackles in those guys. Mm -hmm. And, and you get that boost of confidence with 
Orlando Brown officially putting pen to paper and, and you probably have a top 10 ish left tackle there and a guy that's been extremely durable. And so it's, it's exciting to get that done officially and hear from him. He's easily their best tackle since Andrew Whitworth top 10. Let's do it. Let's say it. Um, I, I just given the shortcomings that they've had in the trenches, I know he's not perfect. But given the shortcomings that they've had, I get why they're this excited. Because they've dealt with guys with flaws, but major flaws, not flaws that you can can work with. I mean, he's helped Lamar Jackson uh, at right tackle, helped Lamar Jackson win an MVP. You flip him to the left side, helped, helped Mahomes win an MVP and a Super Bowl and, and a Super Bowl MVP. And uh, I think he's made of the right FU mentality that Frank Pollock loves and in works really hard. And he knows that he's not the most athletic guy in the world. And, and so he knows his shortcomings. And um, he's also pretty funny. I tweeted out the, the entire mm-hmm. news conference, by the way, but pretty funny. I, I think his personality is going to fit really well. And the difference between him and LC age, and you mentioned it, durability. And I, I just, I think you're getting a guy in his prime. If it was four years ago for Lel Collins, it's much different, right? But there, there were some questions there, and that's why it took so long to get done. With a guy like Orlando Brown, as long as he can stay healthy, you're, you're going to see a, an uptick in production out of that left tackle spot, both in the run game and I think it's a pass blocker. You should. You should indeed. Let's talk about some of the other Bengals news of the day. James, as we're recording this, Field Yates reported that the Bengals hosted free agent tight end Foster Moreau for a visit on Friday. So there's a little bit of breaking news for you, James, as we record. This is a tight end that we talked about as a target. They also hosted Seathan Carter. Foster Moreau would be on uh, the opposite end of the excitement spectrum for a tight end free agent signing a Seathan Carter, who has been a solid player in the NFL and, and a great special teamer, has Carter. But Foster Moreau, a guy with some upside, a guy with familiarity with Joe Burrow, a guy that has very good productivity after the catch. So we'll see if a deal gets done there. As of the time of recording this, the visit was completed, but no deal has been reported. Not sure if Taylor Rapp was in the building on Friday, James. I don't know if you know the answer to that one, but uh, no deal yet at safety where the Bengals have been connected with both former Rams safeties or current Rams safety free agents, Nick Scott and Taylor Rapp. Nick Scott, more of the versatile line him up anywhere, play him deep uh, kind of safety. Taylor Rapp, more of the box safety between the two of those guys, just in case you're wondering about safety. But there's a number of free agents that the Bengals are still looking at. And Foster Moreau would be a very welcome addition, in my opinion, to the tight end room and to this offense. He would. He would. And he's a guy that played played with Joe Burrow at LSU, played with Jamar Chase. It was just for the one year. Um but uh, or no, no, it wasn't just for the one year, I, I believe. Right. It was 2019 draft. So, yeah, it was with Joe Burrow for just one year. Burrow's in 2020. But point is, there's a relationship there that could certainly help things. And if you're Foster Moreau, you're 25 years old. You haven't been a featured piece of the Raiders. They had Darren Waller. So that's natural. But you put up decent numbers as that backup tight end had 420 yards last year. Part of that had to do with Waller's injuries. But look at the history of tight ends getting paid in Cincinnati. You already know Joe Burrow. You know what he is. Like, this is such a match made in heaven. I wouldn't be shocked if the next tweet is them them signing him. I, I was just I was curious if the Bengals were interested in Foster Moreau. Now mm-hmm. that they've visited, 
I mean, I don't care if it's cheeseburgers or crackers or whatever it is, Joe, make the call. I'm sure you're back from New York after your, your uh, you know, Good Morning America. What, what was it? The, the Today Show. He was on the Today Show with Joe Montana on Friday. I'm sure you're back now in your Snuggie because you love being at home, sitting on the couch. Call Foster and, and have, you know, watch some some highlights towards the end of that 2019 season where things really came together for LSU. And, and obviously it went um, it went uh, the right direction the following year. So I, I think that this would make a ton of sense. And and who knows, maybe they go multi-years with him. You know, maybe this is a guy that you could get for two to three years and, and feel better about than just a one-year rental. I think that would be a wise move. Turns 26 in May. I would be happy to see a multi-year deal for Foster. Three, three years feels sure. feels right. He could test free agency again sure. at, while still being young. We'll be extremely comfortable with the three-year deal for Foster yeah. Moreau. You mentioned 33 catches for 420 yards, but what really stood out to me when I was looking at these tight ends yesterday, because I was looking at Mike Gasicki and I was looking at the, you know, the top of market guys, Dalton Schultz, is Foster Moreau blows him away in terms of average yards after catch. And this has been common for him throughout his career. I don't know if that's Yak. because of the average depth of target. His average depth of target about seven and a half yards downfield, but he's averaging on his career six and a half yards after catch, whereas these other guys are closer to three or two and a half yards per catch. And so Foster Moreau has a track record, limited sample size. He's only got 91 catches in his career. But he's got, a, he's got a, a track record of being really good after the catch, which to me fits the Bengals' offense. And Joe Burrow, by the way, uh, James, might not be back home quite yet. He was apparently at the New York Stock Exchange today as well, uh, oh. banging, banging the gavel which may have, with, with Joe Montana. And I don't know if that was – it was a closing bell. So that got must it. have just happened uh, a little bit ago here. As we're, recording, we're now recording at 530. See, that's that Guinness money. Right, he, it is Guinness in the background of the of the video. That, yeah. That's exactly right. Ain't no way Joe Burrow's just doing that to do that. That that dude, <laughs> that, that they are uh, you know helping the 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 hunger fund that he's doing and everything like that in his foundation. So that said, Guinness, if you want to give us Joe Burrow, we would love love for him to ring the bell and and talk about Guinness for for thirty straight minutes here on Lockdown Bengals. If we could get Joe on. That said, Foster Moreau. All right, I get it. You don't get Mike Gusecki, but Foster Moreau would be – because his best football is probably ahead of him. You could see him being a really productive player for this window, right? Mm-hmm. So Orlando Brown, through 2026, he signed. Yeah, hopefully they get him. I'm, I'm getting pretty excited about Foster Moreau. We'll see if they can get it done. That one comes down to the money, in my opinion. I think they want him. I think he probably wants to play with Joe Burrow. I bet you Joe Burrow wants him, and it's going to come down to what the Bengals are comfortable paying and whether Foster Moreau is comfortable taking that amount of money. I mean, but Foster Moreau, production-wise, isn't far off from what Hayden Hurst did before coming to Cincinnati at all. And like you said, you got that familiarity. You got that track record after the catch. You got a pretty good track record as a pass blocker when he's asked to do that, which isn't terribly frequently, but... um, you know, about 60 on average pass blocking reps a year has been pretty good in that area for when they do need chippers in there to help. And that's something that the Chiefs did a lot for Orlando Brown. So that could be coming for the Bengals in, just, in terms of just like where you help Orlando Brown. Tight end chips, pretty common there. We'll talk about that with Bengals, Sands, Mike Santagata next week. But yeah, I mean, Foster Moreau, Nick Scott, 
That sounds like a good free agency to me. Get both of those guys' deals done, and you've you've got the starters that you need that we talked about going into this free agency period, except for a tackle, like, which I guess is still a question. Yeah, it is. Flat circle. I, the uh, Nick Scott, I like him. I'm not saying I wouldn't like Taylor Rapp. I like Nick Scott. He's grown on me the past couple of days, and uh, we'll see if they get that done. It's not done. I know some reported that it was done. That is not done, and um, it's not pending. It's nothing. They have not agreed to terms So, uh, as of recording. So we'll see if they can get that done. But you're right. Scott Moreau, let's roll. Scott Moreau. Those are two different people. Uh, Scott has two names. Nick Scott. Foster yes. Moreau. Just yeah, so I know. Well, oh, my God. Scott Moreau is not a person. Let's get out of here, James. This has been a bonus episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We expected that they may have had a safety signed by now. We were hoping. But instead... Jonah Williams requests a trade. That's worth talking about. We got to hear from Orlando Brown, and the Bengals had Foster Moreau on a visit before we stopped recording the podcast, James. Unlike yesterday, when as we were uploading, the Bengals were announced to have a visit scheduled with Taylor Rapp. So, guess what's up next? It's Friday night as we record this. Jake's got a date. Jake's got. I don't have a date tonight. Uh, I do have plans. You should have. You should have just said you had a date, man. Come on. Look, I'm just here so I don't get fined. As the people said, uh, you, you also, this is the best joke about my date, which I meant to repeat yesterday, is you don't know her. She's from Canada, uh, both of which uh, are I true, saw that true statements. Yeah. Uh, that, was, yes. that was a great joke. Uh, credit Joel for that one. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back if the Bengals make a move, and we'll break it down for you as we head into the weekend here as free agency is hitting its second wave. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.